0: Welcome to The Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa, where we discuss dating and other significant relationships. And welcome to The Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. This is your host, Nelsa, and my wonderful co-host.
1: Jorge Medina.
0: Ah. All right, Poppy, we've got a great show lined up, got a wonderful guest this evening, uh, for the show. So whenever you're listening to this podcast, we are talking about narcissistic traits and uh, narcissistic abuse in relationships. And our guest tonight is Vanessa or known as Coach V, um, who not only is a certified life coach, but also A survivor of a narcissistic abusive relationship so welcome to the show Vanessa
2: thank you so much happy to be here today uh, this evening
0: awesome well we just want to jump right in because we had lots of input and so first of all let us begin the show by saying none of us are licensed therapists and so we want to really talk about um, red flags we want to talk about um, what healthy dating ought to be, and some of you know what to look for, what to expect based on research that we've done, uh, based on experiences, and then we did have some really good input from our audience on Facebook, and you know we want to share that as usual on the show because our listeners are really, um, you're you're the reason we're doing the show in the first place, people. Uh, who said they want to talk about this It's it's been a really hot topic out there uh, really didn't hear about uh, narcissism a lot when I was growing up and dating even in the early 90s it was not a word that you heard a lot of people use in terms of relationships and marriages uh, would you guys agree with that
1: yeah Is I think that, it's you? something I would say it's something that recently uh, since I think nowadays mental health is on the forefront of society. And I feel that we all know somebody that kind of battles with mental health issues into some capacity or level. I think now a lot of these things are starting to be more on the forefront and on the spotlight. And just, you know, I did my own homework and research on this topic. And it is it is a very uh, lengthy topic with a lot of different little branches that you can kind of go off to so we're gonna try to focus on giving people some good you know tools some good uh you know things to recognize and to be mindful uh one thing that i thought that was interesting was that so the word uh narcissist derives from greek mythology Mm -hmm. so there was um i guess uh someone in greek mythology called narcissus
0: Yes. And
1: the story goes that he went into some cave of sorts and he saw a reflection of himself on water and because he was so enamored and so in love with his own reflection mm-hmm. that he died because he refused to drink the water because he was so enamored by his reflections. So just to kind of give you an idea with what we're dealing with here.
0: Right. And um, I also wanted to talk about the DSM uh, DSM, um, which is the mental health uh, diagnosis where where they put you know what they actually consider a narcissistic personality disorder to be. Um, and the way they give the criteria for that, A preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. A belief that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high status people or institutions. A need for excessive admiration. So while we are not therapists, that is what the criteria for a diagnosis for narcissism is. And um, I felt like this was important for us to bring out in the show because one of our um, one of our Facebook um, posts talked about so many people throw narcissism around you know it's the buzzword right now in terms of relationships with people. And uh, the comment was everyone's not a narcissist. Some people are selfish. some people are, um, egotistical, some people lack personal responsibility uh, some people are emotionally abusive but it does not all necessarily necessarily mean that they are uh, what you would say they're diagnosable with narcissism so we want to make it clear to everyone who's listening that we're not trying to di- diagnose anybody, we're not trying to have you diagnose anybody based on the show you need to go to a qualified healthcare professional who can do that but what we are trying to say is there are some traits that people have that that tend to border on narcissism. And so we're, we're talking about narcissistic traits, and that is a difference. Um, and we want to make that absolutely clear from the front. Absolutely. So, uh, absolutely. Um, yes. Vanessa, yes. let's get you into the mix. Uh, okay. Tell us a little bit about your background and how did this even become a niche of sorts for you?
2: Okay. Well, for me, you know, you are best qualified to help someone with something that you've gone through. And um, for myself, um, I was in an emotional abusive relationship. um, And due to, you know, I say a rabbit trail of, of things, which led me to the research of uh, narcissism and narcissistic abuse. Um, back uh, around about 2015, uh, I had a very had, uh, I had a, I was married. It was a very uh, much a roller coaster type love emotionally, and I had gone to many therapists, and I was just really trying to really find out answers for myself about about myself uh, because it seemed like I was always a problem within the relationship. And so uh, it was one therapist that I went to uh, that um, I was dealing with some issues also from my childhood and she, and she specialized in just in dealing with victims of abuse. Uh, and so Speaking to her and telling her about what was going on in my relationship, she was the one that was like, "I, you know, I got to hear both sides, but it sounds like emotional abuse." And so for me, uh, you know, I was really in in denial at first because I didn't feel as though I was the type of person that would be in an abusive relationship. And however, however, as time passed by, and I really started stepping outside of my relationship and, and the things that was happening. And uh, started doing the research, and then one thing led to another uh, because in emotional abuse, in narcissistic abuse, there's a cycle that 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 occurs.
0: Uh.
2: And as you said, you know, as far as narcissistic traits, um, I, as you introduced, I too am not a therapist. However, I felt as though my partner had a lot of traits that mirrored what I was finding out, and so uh, with that. Uh, with and to me, it was very textbook. I could even go through some scenarios that I would never think that anyone would ever, you know, say they went through. And here it is: I'm listening to a video. And for example, uh, let's say you fall asleep and, and 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 because you're tired, and then you wake up and and this person is upset with you and withdrawing for you. I mean, it, although this could happen in any situation, but for me, it was personal because. I, you, you. When you're in that type of relationship, you start to question everything that you do, mm-hmm. because you never know what's going to trigger them to be upset with you. It's like it's walking on eggshells, as as you will hear say many times, uh, from from victims of narcissistic abuse.
1: That's that's got to be very difficult, and that's got to be emotionally draining to feel that you're constantly walking on eggshells. And uh, from my research, um, I noticed that I wanna say that part of the allure, why a lot of people uh, almost get caught up in some of these dynamics, and let's be clear, this is not exclusive to men uh there are women or even binary people that can share these traits and characteristics Mm -hmm. so this is not exclusive to men although to be fair it is more common in men as far as some of this uh some of these characteristics that we're going to jump into but um for example the love bombing right a lot Mm -hmm. of people talked about that and let's be real i think we all enjoy that and we all appreciate that and frankly there's nothing wrong with it however uh when you first meet somebody right and they're already showering you with praise and gifts and all that almost to the extent that nobody else has that to me is a red flag right yeah
2: and for me uh now that i'm on the other side and reflecting back and even in some relationships after that because i've you know, of course, once you your eyes have been open, you, you you become a, a little bit, bit more vigilant, sometimes over vigilant, but nonetheless, you see um, behavior. And one of the things with the love bombing in the beginning of of the, of the phase is that they are quick to uh, to proclaim love. Now, I don't want to counsel out, you know, those you know diehard romantics who say they it was love at first sight. Um, so I'm not, you know, trying to erase those possibilities but you will find that when it comes to those who are um presenting red flags trying to quickly like capture the attention of that person and as they get them in their web with a you know with a bunch of um love bombing and uh you know just that fairy tale i can't believe it's true i can't believe this person is mine type feeling because they seem Mm -hmm. to be checking all the boxes and uh and then the next thing you know, you're professing love, too, because it seems because they're, they're speaking. They may be um, even speaking your love language, you know, mm-hmm. doing everything correct. And so. Um, so you're right. I know we're going to do some more and I don't want to go into another uh, another trait. But yes, the love bombing is a big one, because uh, even, you know, you hear stories of people that you never thought would be in type in these type relationships. Very well educated. Very. Very. Mm-hmm. Um, Those who, I mean, it it does not limit. It is no respect of person, (laughs) right? (laughs) A person. It could be a rich person, a poor person, a highly educated person, someone who you know never went to school at all. It's like because when it comes to emotions and matters of the heart, when it's been spoken to, you let your guard down. You become
1: vulnerable,
2: and it's and that's how they get in.
1: So basically, Mm. what we want to hammer is that look. I, I don't know. I'm not here to say what the right timing is for gifts and all that, because obviously that's something that is going to be unique between both individuals or individual, you know, multiple partners, depending on your dynamic. However, um, if somebody right early on starts to shower you, you know, with monetary gifts or just, you know, over the top compliments, um don't just take it in stride keep that in the back of your mind that okay it's a little early right but all right but keep that in the back of your mind because that can be a red flag so Mm -hmm. it's just something to be mindful because i really don't know when is it appropriate to buy somebody a gift that really is going to be depending on how often you see the person and you know how well you mesh and how much time you're spending together so there's so many factors with that so i don't think there's a a hard line as far as all right you know on the fourth day it's okay to buy me a gift but it is something to be mindful if it's too early or just too over the top
2: correct and as always you just want to um listen to your gut and um and, and whatever it is that feels right for you um because for instance if if you know that a and for me if Someone bought me a Louis Vuitton purse, and I haven't even declared that I want to be in a relationship with this person. Well, that might be for me. It could be like "Mm, that's that's different. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know what that means, but I'm gonna, you know, yeah, I'm gonna tag it for you know, because it feels like that. That's that's something that may occur within the relationship for me, not somebody on the outside.
1: No, I think that's a that's a good kind of example. If somebody's like, hey. It's second date. You're already buying me jewelry. Hold on, Romeo. That's a little right. fast. <laughs> right, right. Um, Unless
0: you're a gold digger and then c- carry on. But, you know, if you're looking for a really healthy relationship, you know, I think sometimes uh, and, and we had some earlier discussion, Vanessa, um, you know, talking about looking at your own issues of self, um, you know, sometimes we want to hear those things because we've not ever been complimented or we've never been treated special. And we've got holes that we need filling. And so really pay attention to how eager you are or how much you need to have someone else validate you. Because I think that leaves the door open when we're talking about, how do you even get involved with somebody who you know, can discard you so easily after you get on into the relationship. And I think some of that is about us being vulnerable and leaving those doors open for emotional abuse. Uh, If that's what we've been taught in different relationships that we've witnessed or different relationships, you know, with authority figures or parental figures or whatever, then sometimes we gravitate to what feels normal, even though it may not be healthy. So, um, Other things uh, on Psych Central, uh, they talk about really pay attention to how if you start talking, do they glaze over? Is it just about material things? Are the conversations just about their interest? You know, a very self-centered, self-serving type attitude in the relationship. And if your needs don't tend to matter until... Uh, you decided maybe this isn't a relationship for me and the love bombing comes in because that's where a lot of that love bombing, I think, you know, I've witnessed in certain relationships where you get ready to leave and then all of a sudden they want to talk. All of a sudden, you know, talk to me, tell me what you want. I don't know how to fix this if you don't talk to me, but you've been saying the whole time, we can't have a conversation about real things. We can't do anything I ever want to do. And then you get a season of that But if it's not consistent, I think that's where you really got to look at. Is this person, um, is there inconsistency lining up with, you know, traits of narcissistic abuse or, you know, somebody who is very selfish and self-centered or whatever?
2: I mean, you said a a mouthful with the the consistency part, uh, because... Also, um, one of the things that they will do or we all do it, but this is excessive. And as Jorge said before, you just tag it because once they start to add up, you really have to then make a big decision. And that is to keep going or to 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 call it quits. Uh, They are information seekers. So they want to learn about you. They want to learn about your likes and dislikes and your weaknesses and your strengths and your vulnerabilities because they go, they're they going to mirror you. And I guess in a way, that's how we all have our narcissistic t- tendencies because oh, absolutely. we yeah, like to see yeah. ourselves mirrored in someone else. Right. However, they the motive there is not to continue on with that. It is just to, to get you on board. And, be, and then the consistency isn't there. And typically, I bet you if you ask uh, someone as a victim, they can probably pinpoint when the first time they kind of was like, that's different. Usually he would do this or usually she would do that. But um, I, we've gone through this before. I never got this reaction from them before. This is crazy. And it could be something such as a blow up. Uh, I recall uh, in my relationship uh, when we were going home uh because i was in college and he was in the service and we lived close to one another and so we decided to stop by a restaurant to get something to eat uh through the drive-through and so uh he was driving a a, um a straight drive and so he had to change gears and so uh growing up whenever my family we had straight drives and we ordered food and i would sit and wait until the person was had you know changed all the gears and now we're smooth sailing and then I'd hand them their food and so that's what I was doing and all of a sudden his hand came across to me and slapped the fries that was out of my out of my hand and it caught me so off-guard I was just like I was actually like is that a joke I was like oh my gosh what's wrong with you and then he was really serious Mm. Um, wow he was crazy. serious he, he told me i was selfish uh that he got the food because he was hungry uh you know so he really blew up at me and it was something that was really simple but i remember that as being very monumental in our relation in me seeing him act out uh of the norm of what i was used to
1: and ladies uh um, people i would strongly advise especially when you're out here dating uh and you know Let's not kid ourselves. People are seeing multiple people. Maybe keep a journal. Write stuff down. Because Mm -hmm. if you're considering multiple partners or you're still, you know, you haven't hedged your wagon on somebody in particular, sometimes write some of these things down or some of these events or some of these, you know, moments so that Mm -hmm. you can refer back because once you're drunk in love, it's Mm -hmm. it's too late. Right? (laughs) It's too too late to really just you know, walk away uh, unscathed and unharmed. We know that when somebody's in love, it's just hard to detach. But one uh, one characteristic that I really want to focus on that my research um, uh, yielded was supreme arrogance and. Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes that can be difficult to dis- de- to determine the difference between arrogance and confidence. So I'm going to try to give uh, a little context with that. Uh, arrogance. If you notice, if you pay close attention, when somebody is arrogant, they're constantly putting others down to make themselves look better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When somebody is just confident in their skills they don't need to put other people down to make themselves look good. They just say, Hey, I got this. I went to school. I'm a psychology major. I know a little something about psychology. Let me try to help you out. Or, Hey, I'm, you know, I know about interior design. I went to school for that and I know how to do it. That you always want to pay attention to that. Is somebody being arrogant or is somebody being confident? And oftentimes that can be very hard to distinguish with people But that is also a big red flag when somebody is very arrogant.
0: I'd like to say, though, in that, um, you know, for people who are arrogant, they often don't have the skill set that they claim they do. They often claim they know so-and-so or they're friends with such and such. But some of that stuff never materializes. Whereas a person who is confident does what they do. And mm. you see them do what they do. It isn't just a conversation. It's just name dropping. You know, they might actually take you to a restaurant that's a five star restaurant as opposed to, oh, yeah, I could take you there. I've been there plenty of times, but you never see the inside of McDonald's. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like oftentimes I think that's the big difference is confident people do arrogant people talk.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. i like so, i like that now so that's great context to um the conversation um so that's something that you know just to keep an eye on that's mainly what we want to point out and to be fair um this isn't just something that you're going to come across in relationships you may have acquaintances you may have family members mm-hmm, you may have mm-hmm, bosses you co-workers, may have people that mm-hmm. you do business with where you need to be mindful because if they're narcissists uh, this can also get you in hot water as well.
0: Well, and that's something too. Like again, um, referring back to um, the articles, like Central did, um, I really like the way they 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 put this. Sometimes narcissistic behavior, even if it's personality disorder, if they've actually got a diagnosis. The behavior occurs as a defense mechanism for low Mm self-esteem, insecure attachment issues, trauma from childhood abuse, or family of origin issues, or even childhood, uh, like one one source said, uh, spoiling, where maybe the parent was maybe uh, a narcissist or had traits of a narcissist and gave to one child in particular while making the other children feel some type of way
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: because they wow. do have like a game that is played with other children. So the mm-hmm. parent gives and gives and gives, makes the one child feel like they're the supreme child until they're ready to punish them. If the child gets out of order, gets out of line, then a lot of times the um, just like they'll do in a relationship with others. And Vanessa, I'd love to hear your, your ta- your take on this but they start withdrawing the affection, withdrawing the gifts, withdrawing emotion as a form of punishment, even withdrawing sex as a form of punishment in the relationship.
2: Um, you're right. It all boils down to control. Um, they really have, because of that, that's, it, let me back it up. Although, you know, when uh, Jorge was saying it, uh, talking about, Um, the Greek mythology and how they love their reflection. It's funny how in reality, the the parts of themselves that they hate is the parts that they're trying to have that false self
1: cover Mm -hmm.
2: up. And in order to keep the narrative going, they have to have control. Mm. So whoever does not line up with the image that they need to keep that mask on,
0: in the script, mm-hmm. right? The
2: script going. So what can? So they've got to manipulate the other person so that they are enmeshed. That means that they are they have this. We operate with one brain, one mind of thinking, and it's mine. My way of thinking is the only way of thinking because my way of thinking, I've calculated it, and that is what's going to keep my image the way I wanted it to, to maintain, so that right. I can feel good about myself.
0: So if you ever stepped out of that um, image what were some of the repercussions for you?
2: Um, number one would be the silent treatment. Uh, and then for me, uh, that was my mm. clue that evidently I've done something wrong. Uh, then there mm-hmm. with uh, as you said before, um, that uh, he would be withdrawn. Uh, didn't show me any affection, not talking to me. And I felt like a child, you know, like, like at any moment I'm getting ready to be punished because evidently I've done something wrong.
0: Mm. And,
2: (sighs) um, you know, of course, uh, we've mentioned love bombing, but there are other, other uh, parts of the cycle that goes with that. And after that kind of like my notice, you know, is going to come, uh, My lashing of the lashing of words because, with uh, depending on what kind of narcissist that you have, because there are so many out there,
0: (laughs) right? There is a spectrum, there's so many titles
2: that they give them these days. Uh, I I think that uh, my partner um, exemplified those of a covert narcissist. So, for me, uh, there would be not be anything that the public would know or see because to them, they were a charming individual. Um, who could do no wrong and then inside of the home that is where you know the mask fell and um, I would then experience um, whatever dumping that needed to be required that that was needed for him to regulate his emotions so that he could be okay again.
1: Mm, Interesting Um, great conversation guys Um, another characteristic that I want to highlight Um, that we already kind of touched on is is gaslighting. And what I want Mm. to do is give a little bit more context because I know that term gets used a lot nowadays, but we want to make sure that people really, truly understand what it is to gaslight someone. So from my research, um, gaslighting is when someone is distorting reality and making you feel that you're the crazy one or that you're the one that's not seeing it correctly. For example, if I come home and I'm wearing a white collar shirt and I have a big lipstick mark on my white collar shirt and then my fictitious wife says, hey, what's that on your shirt? It looks like a lipstick mark. And I say, oh no, that was just, tomato sauce from lunch this morning or this you know this afternoon that's not what you think so that is me trying to distort reality manipulate her and obviously lie to her because obviously it is a lipstick mark on my shirt but i am now making you question reality with my approach and my manipulation. And two, even beyond that, which is a great basic
0: example, Jorge, I think that makes it really clear like how the technique works. But then there's the manipulation of oh, so you don't trust me? Oh, so you think I can't go anywhere and not be trusted with other people? Ooh. So you got a problem being jealous. I didn't see that in you before. I don't mm. really think that's very becoming of you. You really ought to work on that. So Ooh. not only do you get the no, that's not what this is. Right. But then it's the, why would you think that? You don't trust me? Is that what this is in this relationship? I, like really trying to really gas you up. Yeah. You're the one who created or taking another step further. I wouldn't be in other places with people who do X, Y, and Z if you were more of this, that, or the other.
1: So then you're, as, you know, the individual, then you're the one kind of like, wait, what? Like, maybe he's right. Or you start Mm -hmm. to question your own reality Mm -hmm. and your Mm -hmm. own sanity. And it's not just that. I mean, this happens in all different scenarios where you're constantly thinking, um, hey, Mm -hmm. is he right? Maybe I am crazy or maybe I'm not looking at this right. So you start to doubt. And you start to question your own reality, which obviously can spill over and, you know, really affect you mentally.
2: Right. And also um, boundaries. Um, uh, a narcissist is good at setting their own boundaries, but very good at stepping all over someone else's. And when that person uh, attempts to um, stand up for the boundaries, the, the narcissist will then be like, oh, you're too sensitive. You're sensitive. Um, I was
0: just joking. I
2: was just joking. Mm-hmm. You, you know, uh, I can't believe you thought that's not what I meant when I said that. Uh, you misread right. me. You know, so, yes, it's it's crazy making. It makes a person doubt their own reality. And therefore, they start to rely on the other person's reality, which becomes very unsafe because you're no longer um, an independent person. Well, an individual coming together to make a relationship work, you become codependent.
1: Mm. You become That's what I was going to bring up. Yes.
2: Yeah. And you are uh, trying to fix, trying to make yourself better so that you can line up with this person so that you don't ruffle their feathers because whatever you think seems to not be the best answer, the best way to do things because you've lost your identity. You've lost um, who you are because of, of them always ragging you on on the things that you present that you bring to the table.
0: Well, and you know what, that creates that trauma bonding, you know, right. another part of the cycle, Vanessa, that you talked about earlier, um, you know, from a coach perspective, what do you think is one of the best ways a person can start to heal? Because this type of cycle is, it, it can be, ongoing for years and years and years uh, based on you know how I guess how codependent you become mm-hmm. how more, you know how strong uh, the traits of the narcissistic personality is or what have you but what do you think one of the best ways to break this cycle is for people
2: well number one you cannot change anyone you cannot Um, you don't have that power. A person changes when they are ready to change or hopefully, or at least take the steps to do the work to change. You only have control of yourself. And if whatever is being rendered in that relationship, if, for me, it was a reflection of how did I feel? I was not happy. I was sitting in anxiety. I was having anxiety attacks. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was not the life that I wanted to live. So I had to really do some deep diving. Uh, one of the things that, um, I knew was lacking in my life was self-love. Um, so I had to, um, really look at not only my present, but also my past. Uh, there were some patterns there from my past, my childhood. Mm -hmm. And I've said before, you know, I had other therapists. I finally found one that was the, a good fit that was knowledgeable so if you if you can afford to get a therapist i strongly suggest that you find a knowledgeable therapist who specializes in um abuse emotional abuse narcissistic abuse because even uh when i began uh my uh, my journey there were with my research i was finding that unless a therapist w- really specialized in this in this type of behavior they were clueless
0: mm, they even wow. had
2: they even had clients themselves who they themselves became victims of narcissistic abuse and it's not funny but it's just wow. like wow
0: the irony because,
2: because they would because the narcissist could come to their therapy appointment and use the same tactics on their therapist wow so it was not uh, and this was about um well, probably about nine years ago, that I think therapists really started to um, do the research and realize that this was a heavy hitter that was coming, and that they needed to really arm themselves and get the information out. Uh, so, finding that therapist really focusing on self love, because you, like I said, if you if in that relationship you're not gaining um, peace, if you if you don't have um, If you're not accomplishing any goals that that makes you feel good about yourself, then you really um, need to look at that and and make some hard choices. Uh, I always tell uh, people that I never tell anyone to get a divorce, but I do know that you do need to be in an environment, in a peaceful environment in order to heal. You can't be in the same environment that made you sick to to heal. So you have to make Mm -hmm. a decision on how that's going to be for you, whether you set up a sanctuary of peace in your home or you actually leave and find uh, a place of peace outside that home.
1: Vanessa let me ask you something um, so from my research um, um, so I checked out Dr. Phil and Richard uh, Grannon who are obviously um, they, they have a lot of material on YouTube and this is where I've gotten a lot of these talking points and I would you know, recommend people to check them out um, but from uh, the video that I saw that Dr. Phil mentioned, he pretty much said that it is what it is. And that usually somebody that's a narcissist, you you can't change that. Like you can't like change their ways. Um, and if Dr. Phil is saying that, <laughs> cause he's pretty, you know, this is what he does for a living. Like he helps to fix people and to change people, but he, Pretty much blatantly said that when you're dealing with the narcissist, it's either you prepare yourself and you know what you're walking into and you're going, you're going to walk in prepared or you're going to be in for a rude awakening, but you're not going to change and make this person some amazing, sweet, kind person all of a sudden. So. Uh, I would imagine that's got to be extremely difficult, especially for women, because women are nurturers by nature. Mm -hmm. So when a woman gets attached or when a woman falls in love with a man who's a narcissist and she's trying to help and support, but it's to no avail because this is part of his fabric and his personality. And are you really going to be able to change somebody's personality?
0: Right. Right. Well, I think, again, like Vanessa said, you don't look at it as I'm going to change someone. Either one, um, and this is, I think, a part of dating now. And, you know, uh, narcissists aside, whoever you see yourself attaching yourself to in a relationship, I think you need to be checking out their emotional IQ, their emotional intelligence, and asking questions about their mental health. Now, to me... Uh, Between spiritual, mental, physical, financial health, like um, dating is more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and too often we think it's like um, off limits or impolite. You don't need to be so polite that you yoke yourself to somebody who is going to drag you through the wringer in any of those areas. But too often, we're caught up in the physical attraction or caught up in the, oh, this could be the one and the story that we spun in our own head, as opposed to asking some hard-hitting questions. So I'll tell you right now, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, happily seeing someone now, and one of the first questions that we talked about with one another, another was, you know, what are you looking for? And, you know, how's your how's your mental health? Have you ever seen a therapist? I asked that for like one of the first one of the first questions, um, you know, when things were starting to look serious, because I was just like, you know, too often I've been that nice, polite, good girl and just allow myself to sit back and just see what happens and let myself get caught up in some foolishness and nonsense. And I was like, I'm getting too old for that. And I'm like, for those of you who are dating, you know, after 30, after 40, like, you really got to start looking at people's behavior. How do they treat the waiters and waitresses? Mm -hmm. How are they treating the doormen? How are they treating, you know, people that may not be considered, you know, upper echelon? How are they conducting themselves with children and animals? Because that's always a key for me. I'm like, if kids don't like you, if animals don't like you, you need to try to do some deeper investigation because there is something in there
1: yeah <laughs> you know, that's that's, that's, a of, that's a lot of a lot of
0: yeah before it gets you know broken or whatever kids and uh, babies and dogs usually have a primal radar about people's personalities so you know you really need to to dig a little deeper or do like you say dr phil says prepare yourself and then, you know like um uh, coach v said there's a spectrum You know, everybody is not out to control the world, but they might be egotistical. They might be very vain. They might be all about themselves. But then there might be some people who are out there who want to be sort of low-key, and I'm okay if they take the lead all the time. You know what I'm saying? There are people who have been through some really horrible relationships who find this level with this particular person. They don't Mm -hmm. beat me. You know, we go places sometimes. Um... You know, they're predictable. Uh, so mm-hmm. they might find I'm okay in this compared to what I've been in. But I think you do need to be informed. And that's why we're here. We want to educate. We want to inform. And we want to just be able to give you some, some basics to look for right. and maybe to watch out for.
1: And you oh, know, you, I, I love,
2: like, I'm, I'm out here dating. And I love when I hear someone's story. Uh, because we all have a story and mm-hmm. not all of it is is colored with roses and, and sprinkles. And um, that person says, and I go to therapy at least once a week or so many times a month, because to me it's saying to your, is that person is saying to me, I'm aware that there are some things that I need to address about myself for myself,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
2: So, Agreed. right. So, knowing that someone is doing their work is very attractive to me. Now it's not to say that I still shouldn't, you know, um, have my, my guard up and get more information, but it is to say that this person knows that, that mental health is very much a real thing that we need to address so that we can have healthy relationships and a very abundant, fulfilling life.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, like we said, right, um, like you ladies touched on is, hey, it's, it's just important <laughs> to be aware and be mindful, because if you're just out here dating, and just doing it aimlessly and randomly with no purpose, and no information, you're going to get yourself in some, yeah. some very difficult predicaments. And then obviously, once you get, you know, in your fields, and that, that's, that kind of stuff can have real life consequences. And Uh, It's just important to educate yourself. Um, Another characteristic that I wanted to highlight that I think is is pretty uh, easy to pick up on is no accountability. Mm -hmm. So when you're around someone who never... takes blame right or right. takes Black accountability
0: responsibility, yeah
1: no response it's always everybody else's fault right it's right. always mm-hmm. right. you know my manager because of my manager I didn't get my raise or you know um you know everybody's trying to get me or you know
0: they, they rear-ended in somebody
1: me. but it was the other person that you know should have been more aware like be careful, be mindful of that. Because if you never hear somebody say, Hey, apologies, or Hey, I'm my fault or any, or something to that effect, mm-hmm. that's a big red flag. If you hang out with somebody and you have never have heard them say, yeah, I screwed up or yeah, I made a mistake or yeah, I, I kind of, you know, did this wrong or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's a red flag.
0: I can talk and, myself and, out yeah. of any ticket I get, you know, and also, kinda... <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. and also, Jorge, uh, sometimes there is an apology but if you follow the trail later on they, they've taken that apology back in some type of
1: way oh wow
2: by saying uh yeah i did do that but it was because you did that mm-hmm. had you not did that i wouldn't have done the, the thing that was offensive and so therefore the apology that they told maybe two weeks ago is now nolan vo- void. so it's
1: like a half ass apology though. right right mm-hmm.
2: right yeah. and um And also, uh, I just wanted to add, I know uh, we've covered a few, but I just want people to be aware of the cycle uh, where you have that honeymoon phase, which is also love bombing. uh, But then there comes the abuse. It can come without a warning. That's when they devalue you. That's when um, they are regulating their emotions by that superiority complex and they need to uh, feel good. So they're going to use whoever's in their path. It can be their their partner, it could be their child, it could be their co-worker, it could be their friend. They're going to devalue you in some way, and then discard. Uh, I remember having ultimatums, you know, thrown at mm. me. Uh, um, if you Basically, if you don't improve, I don't know if I'll be able to continue in, the, in this, which for me, being a co- codependent at that time, you know, it was kind of like, well, you know, I don't you know, I want to fix this. I want to fix this. Uh, But also in that you become upset. And when you become upset, that's when they notice that, uh, Oh, I I may have, you know, gone too far. So they Hoover, they want to suck you back in and they do that with false hope. You know what? I'm sorry. Uh, You know, if we could just be better, if you could just be better, there's so much that we could get accomplished. I think we can do that. I think I can be a better person and they're sucking you back in to start the cycle all over again.
1: Mm. And part of you know, in some of these conversations that we're sharing obviously is to, you know, bring awareness to kind of make people reflect. Right. But again, these are people that you're going to associate yourself in all walks of life. So I'm going to give you a personal example. The last girlfriend that I had, um, her and her baby daddy, they had an extreme volatile, um, dynamic or parent co-parenting, uh, situation and i could tell that he definitely i've never met the man but just from the conversations that i would see and hear i could tell that he had some narcissistic traits and the thing about narcissists is that when you open up and you divulge personal things or when you're vulnerable and you share things they may use those things against you for their benefit and gain or just to blatantly hurt you because they feel that, A, you hurt me or you did me wrong, so now I'm going to return the favor or I'm going to double or triple punish you. So as it relates to dealing with the baby daddy or dealing with you know a relative or whatever, You want to play things close to the vest and basically be mindful of, you know, being vulnerable and sharing too much information Mm -hmm. or too many details about your personal life because that stuff may be used against you. So you don't want to give them ammo so that they use against you. And then they're playing mind games with you. And then they're using that to attack you. Right. Absolutely. Mm. I tell you what, uh, one of the other traits was
0: deflecting as well. Um, you know, always the smoke off them onto something else, you know, uh, uh what's it, uh, smoke and mirrors, you know, you're looking at them talking about this behavior, but they want to take it to a different place. Like you said, Vanessa, usually about you, um, and your behavior that they find, you know, uh, annoying or, uh. You know, want to throw you in the, in the way, put the spotlight on somebody else. Um, I, I tell you, again, like, really, everybody, do your own self checks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've talked a lot on the show about communication, but really check in with yourself. You know, if you are starting to feel crazy, like, that's not a good way to be going down the road in a relationship.
1: Right, like, I, I <laughs> like, don't know if
0: anybody's really thought about that but I think we need to point that out like if somebody makes you feel crazy and not in a good way like you're questioning everything mm-hmm. you're second guessing yourself and you really feel like I don't know what's going on here and you don't feel like yourself anymore I think like we're talking about traits of the the you know narcissistic personality but i want to point us out to in a feeling good relationship you should feel good, should feel good. <laughs> feel right fast. right right but how often do we think love is supposed to be like this turbulent you know we gotta be angry and have makeup sex or We got to be in conflict because that's what we're seeing so much now on so much of this non-reality TV shows that call themselves reality shows. I'm just like, a relationship should feel good, guys. You should feel good about yourself. You should feel good about your partner and vice versa. And when you feel crazy, like, I've never thought that felt good. Mm -hmm. There's a
1: saying, uh, don't fuck with happy. And if you're not happy, (laughs) then you need to go find happy. And if you are happy, don't fuck with it. And Mm
0: -hmm. if you know that you don't know what that is yet, stay your ass out of a relationship
1: until you know for yourself
0: (laughs) what that is. (laughs) Right. And we could avoid so much if we would just dig into ourselves. What's Socrates? Know thyself. Right. Right.
2: And that's the point. The next point I wanted to make uh, for myself personally is that I really had to, in my deep diving, look at the trauma from my past uh, mm. because the things that was, was happening to me, I was like, why am I okay with this? Uh, why am I still here? What keeps me uh, going on? If I'm not happy in a relationship that should make me feel happy for me, that uh, that came to a head. I, it came to a head with my childhood booms. And I had to go back and, uh, you know, of course, I'm an adult now. So my mother and my father can't, you know, fix the things that happened in, in my childhood, but I had to. Uh, now, some people will, may need a licensed therapist to do that. Um, however, you know, for me, I did recognize that that was there. And with me, uh, at the, the more I began to have my back, which is a word that is used, uh, you, you hear people on their healing journey have my back, meaning that my boundaries, I hold my boundaries. Uh, to a T and when the the narcissist see that you set a boundary if you don't let them cross it, oh my goodness, they can't stand it. They can't stand it. So they're gonna use every tool in their arsenal to try to degrade you so you'll tear that boundary down. But you have to stay steady and say, I am worth it. This matters to me. You have to know find out what matters to you and and and, and hold it up. And as you said, until you can determine what matters to you, you might want to just, you know, take a time out. Don't jump into another relationship, especially if you've left a narcissist. Because nine times out of ten, you're going to find another one because you still haven't figured it out. It out.
1: I love it. This is an uh, amazing, riveting conversation, ladies. And everybody did their homework and came prepared. So I like it. Yeah, um,
0: And, you know, there's so much more we can talk about. But I feel like this definitely is one of those shows that deserves a part two. Um, just because, like you said, there's so many, uh, there's so much on the spectrum um, of narcissism and, you know, the different traits, the different ways it plays out for people. But I think this has definitely helped to give our listeners, you know, a good base for, you know, diving into themselves and then really doing some, some check-ins on their relationships to find out. And we're not by any means telling you guys you need to be out here diagnosing people. But we are telling you, you need to be safe emotionally. You need to be safe physically, uh, sexually, financially. And, you know, taking stock of your relationship uh, with some of these red flags. Mm-hmm. And if any of these things are checking out for you as you're listening, you know, then first of all, make sure you're safe. Mm-hmm. Second of all, make sure that you've got some people that you can trust. Uh, because, of course, like you said earlier, Vanessa, you know, they're charmers. And so other people may not believe you because the face that you see, they've made careful that nobody else sees that face. So you need to make sure there are people that you can talk to, whether it's a professional uh, coaches, you know, like Vanessa, who are are specifically, uh, that's her niche. Um, not that you don't do other things, Vanessa, but I know just from our conversation, this has been a particular um, you know, this 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 has been personal. It's my for area, you. yeah, yeah, it's, it's been area. personal for you. So, um, you know, or a therapist or someone who can help you, you know, un unlayer the cake you might find yourself in because it's you know life is too short to be miserable, guys. I just I just got to reiterate that over and over. Life is too short for misery, and you know. We've got to take charge of our happiness. Nobody else can do that for us. Um, and absolutely. and
2: before, before we go, I just, you know, to the listeners, if, if you have found yourself in an, in an emotionally abusive relationship or a narcissistic abusive relationship, please don't guilt yourself. Don't feel guilty. Don't beat up on yourself. We can only do uh, what we can do with what we currently have, with what we currently know. So it's what they say, once you know better, you do better. So, you know, right now, just look in the mirror and tell yourself that you love who you see, that you, I love myself. Because the words you speak over yourself is the words that's going to help empower you to make those steps to create that happy that you truly deserve.
0: All right. But how can people get in touch with you uh, if they want to discuss coaching, what, what future projects do you have coming up?
2: Okay, well, um, they can uh, contact me on my website, um, www.amberempowerment.com. That is E-M-B-E-R-E-M-P-O-W-E-R-M-E-N-T.com. Um, also, um, I am currently writing a book. Uh, it's called Peaceful Dysfunction childhood wounds and codependent love. And this book uh, reflects um, through third person um, based on my, my story, um, just the things that uh, I went through reflecting from childhood wounds to you know being in a codependent relationship and helping people to hopefully uh, get something from the story that they can use uh, to find freedom to live uh, peacefully and authentically uh, free.
1: Oh. So just, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Um, just to kind of, you know, put a bow on this topic, um, I do want to uh, finish out the other bullet points that I found from my research as far as, you know, dealing with narcissists and narcissism um, with, you know, people from all walks of life. And again, this doesn't always have to be a significant other. It could be a family member. It could be a former lover or a baby daddy, for example. So. Uh, some of the things that I picked up, um, prioritize your needs, values, and limits, and make sure that you establish them with said individual. Um, be even keel, because oftentimes, narcissists, they enjoy mm-hmm. seeing you squirm. They enjoy, they take pleasure in seeing you suffer. If they feel that you have attacked them or that you are after them. So Mm -hmm. therefore, when you give them a reaction, you are falling into their hands. To give context, right? Right. With my ex-girlfriend, her baby daddy would constantly threaten her with trying to take the baby away. Mm. Uh, And I would be like, this dude says that every time that he talks to you. But he's a single guy living the single bachelor life. You really think he's ready to be a single dad? Like, he's doing this because he knows that you give him that rise and he knows Mm -hmm. that that's a sore spot for Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And he knows that that is very dear to you. Obviously, her Mm -hmm. son. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. he would threaten that, but Mm -hmm. he never followed through with it and he never even got a damn lawyer to take the child away. It was just to fuck with her and needle her and obviously she you know would fall into it and this was just me just being in the same room Mm -hmm. as i would listen to some of these conversations and then i would be the one that would have to console and help her after she got done having these conversations with this man because of you know the constant attacks um emotional abuse Oh, absolutely. And he was doing that even when they were just co-parenting. So they weren't even together. And he was still, you know, flexing on her like that. Mm -hmm. Um, As it comes to, you know, communicating with narcissists, you want to communicate with a purpose and with a goal. Don't give too much if you don't have to. If you're literally meeting to drop off your child, then keep it. Hey, we're meeting at the Mm -hmm. park. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing my son. See you at two. You Thanks don't need to get more. You mm-hmm. don't need to say, Hey, I'm taking junior. I'm going to drop junior off because I'm going to the mountains with my girl. Don't, you don't need to do all that. You just need to say, Hey, this is the goal and this is the objective for our interaction. Keep it short and sweet because remember what you give them, they may use against mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. Uh, and do not give them power over yourself worth because Mm -hmm. they normally don't have a conscious and they don't relate with other people's feelings and opinions yeah so they do not care if they are hurting your feelings or how you feel because they only value their opinion and other people's input and feelings and opinions they frankly don't give a fuck lack of lack
0: of empathy lack of empathy absolutely that's a great list. Great list. This has been an amazing conversation tonight. Um, would love to keep going. Uh, I know this has been one of our longer shows, but I mean, every ounce of it has been delicious uh, for me. I think this has been very healing, hopefully for some that are out there, especially a lot of our listeners who are on the Facebook feed. Thank you all, as always, for your feedback, because this actually is uh, a show based on conversations and relationships and uh different things that we've encountered. And again, our listeners are absolutely the best. Thank you all for your support. If you have show ideas for us moving forward, and don't forget, we're still looking for a co-host, a fan who would like to be a co-host on the show. So please, uh, you know, email us at Jorge and Nelsa. That's A-N-D-N-E-L-S-A. Jorge is J-O-R-G-E at gmail.com jorge and nelson gmail.com or you can go to our website www.therelationshipcycle.com and we do hope you are going over to our youtube channel which has every show now thanks to jorge hey copy. you know you know
1: that's uh that was something that we really wanted yes. to get off and we will be uploading this new show this weekend uh this yes. episode obviously is we'll be dropping this weekend or yes. this saturday and this will also be on our youtube channel on saturday please follow us subscribe comment give yes. us likes and share so that we can continue to have amazing topics and amazing conversations for everyone that enjoys them
0: all right so until next time everybody thank you coach v uh, really enjoyed having you thank you for sharing your story um, and Jorge, take us on
1: out. Hey, <laughs> buenas noches, good people. Thank you for your support and love. Thank
0: you.
1: Thanks for joining us today on the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelson. Do you have show ideas? Email us at Nelsa at gmail.com. Follow us on Spotify or anchor.fm for more great shows.